Hello and welcome to another episode of the Famicast. I am James Shelton, your uh, incredibly inexperienced podcast host. And with me, as always, is uh, Mr. Danny Ishap Bivins. Hello there. And uh, in spirit, we have uh, our Japanese Japan correspondent, Minoru Yamaizumi, who will be chipping in through the power of... Uh, Power of text and spirit. We, we know we wanted to let you know. <laughs> Konnichiwa, bitches! That's what he was going to say if he was on the show. Jesus so. Christ. And, um, and Matt is still MIA. He's somewhere in the uh, Canadian Rockies making uh, Biohazard games, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we'd, um, we're going to have a pretty much regular show. New business, news, and uh, listener mail. And uh, But I thought we'd change it up a little bit at the beginning because um you know people listen to this podcast not only for the uh you know great entertainment value that we both or bring <laughs> because we're just so awesome <laughs> question mark at the end of that uh... no that's not why they listen but it's it's yeah. probably like you know to hear about what it's like in japan you know what it's like to be a gamer in japan what right. it's like to live in japan maybe you know stuff like that so i thought you know we could start off with just like if there's anything you've got on your mind about Japan, just like, let's just talk about it, you know, whatever, before we get into new business. So, um, if there's anything game-related or even non-game-related about Japan, you know, go ahead. Have you got anything, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I do, actually, I do. Um, so, it's easy... I, I, one thing that we've talked about, actually, in one of the previous episodes, you know, we, talk, we had the episode about Super Potato, and, I mean... It's a great store that has a bunch of used software, used hardware, stuff like that, and it is absolutely amazing. But what I think is more amazing about basically used game shops in Japan is the condition of the stuff that you can get. Uh, for example, I mean, just the other day, not I mean, I'm not just talking about Super Potato. If you go to any kind of a game shop or some kind of a shop that has like used games you can find stuff that is in really really good condition sure um just here recently i found a copy of final fantasy 6 boxed nice. instruction manual super famicom one right super famicom uh, instruction manual all the inserts and stuff like that for the packaging the cartridge was a little funky <laughs> and uh, apparently it doesn't work <laughs> But I mean that's fine. It was like a hundred. It was like well, hey, Danny, Dan, did you get this from the junk pile again? Yes, I did. <laughs> so sue me. I, I like collecting this type. Of it's stuff. got a huge red sticker that says "Do not buy. This does not work." <laughs> that's fine. And Danny's Actually, like, "Take my money." Yes, exactly. Um, you know, for I know a lot of people out there, especially Nintendo fans, or I guess just video game fans in general, that maybe collect some kind of memorabilia. Japan is a perfect place to get this type of stuff because you can find all of this stuff that is just complete and in relatively good shape. I mean, and compared to buying used stuff in America, um, like if you buy, I remember back in the GameCube era, I, I sometimes bought used games and stuff and God, I mean, sometimes it's almost just like you, you pull out the game out of the makeshift case <laughs> that you had to get it from because somehow the person who sold it lost the case. Well, first of all, you and, have to, you have to, you know, push the shelf off because it's you know it's resting on a shelf you know they're using it to like yeah. prop up a table or something <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, pull exactly. it from out from under the table and you ask if you can buy it yeah yeah and they're like ah, i guess so and <laughs> you know they they filter through all the discs they find you the worst one of the worst <laughs> condition it looks like somebody rubbed sandpaper all over the bottom of it 
stomped it a couple of times with some like army boots and then ran over it with a car and then your disc oh, is actually just taped because it was actually broken in half and they're saying like hey this is $35 I'm like, oh, that sounds reasonable and then after you get it then you realize it's it's not so, not so reasonable actually i do have a little bit of experience of buying games from the u.s I, um mm-hmm. i spent some time in in hawaii oh. that counts right yeah that's what that's about um and i they sell secondhand games in uh, Blockbuster, which is like a rental store, right? We, ha- mm-hmm. we have it in right. the UK too. And oh, you yeah. can buy like secondhand games there, right? And they had some Wii games there. And uh, I saw a few games that I thought, oh, that's good. There's one for like, you know, $8 or something. I was like, yeah, I can dig, I can dig that. And um, they, they got the game out from the back, like you said, in like the sleeves. And, and it honestly did look like somebody rubbed it with sandpaper. I was like, I'm not buying that. Put it back. And I just put the box back on the shelf and <laughs> didn't buy it. I wasn't yeah. even sure if it would work. Yeah, I know. And actually, I kind of have a beef with a lot of game stores in America. I remember like even during the N64 period, um, we had a software, etc. in my town. This is kind of like an offshoot of... Like GameStop stuff like that. I, I believe GameStop like bought them out like after the fact. But at the time, you know, I guess the employees they could take home games and stuff like that to try them out. <laughs> Always a good idea. And yeah, so I bought a a quote unquote brand new copy of Paper Mario on the Nintendo sixty four. First of all, the guy was saying, "Man, this game's a piece of crap, bro. You don't <laughs> want this, dude." I'm like, "Actually, I do want this. So how about you let me buy it?" And so he did. And so I took my brand new copy of Paper Mario Home, put it in the N64, and there were three save files on it. <laughs> Jesus. Mysteriously, with the same names as the store employees. I mean, I don't know how that happened. Was, was the first, was the first uh, file named this, second one game, and the last one sucks? It, it probably was. I just forgot. Just trying to block those bad memories out of my mind. Jesus. <laughs> but, I mean... I don't know. It is kind of like the the state of used gaming in the United States, and I, I guess maybe the UK too. It's yeah. compared to Japan in terms of condition of the software, uh, it, it is just night and day. I mean, because I could still find stuff for the Famicom, or Famicom Disk System, or sometimes even stuff that's even maybe even older that's in relatively good shape and reasonably priced compared to like. If you go to some kind of a specialty shop and you could somehow find boxed Super Nintendo, boxed NES games, you it, they're going to be super super expensive, you know, and it's just kind of a turnoff. So I I really like that about the you know the used shops here in Japan. You can find a lot of cool stuff for reasonable prices and it's in good shape. Yeah, it is amazing, and it's it's reasonably priced as well, right? Yeah, exactly. What I don't understand about the the US system, like GameStop, is that it's like fifty five dollars for a used game and sixty dollars for a new one. It's like just pay the yeah. five dollars, get a new game. It's ridiculous. Because yeah. I, I remember even back, like I think I bought Obi Wan on the Xbox. Um, don't hate. Okay, it's actually <laughs> kind of fun. Um, I was going to buy a new copy, but they're like, "Hey, bro, man, you can get like a used one for five bucks cheaper." It's like, uh. Okay, and now actually the game just doesn't work. <laughs> if it said that you can get a used game for for five dollars, and that that yeah. was the end of the sentence, then I would <laughs> then I would do it. Actually, exactly. I, I think I talked about this on maybe RFN, like maybe the first RFN I was ever on, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I got a used copy of Link's Crossbow Training, oh, and that okay. was without the zapper, and that was five dollars, and I thought that's a good deal because that's a great deal. It's basically actually. a downloadable title. In a 
box, yeah. right? So you, you don't need yeah. the box. You can, it was just you can beat the game. You can beat the game in like thirty minutes to an hour, and that's it. Yeah, I did. No credits, so you don't even know you're done. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think I did beat it in thirty minutes while eating my dinner, actually, at the same time. Um, so yeah, that was not that's not such a bad deal. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, to go back to what you were saying, um, I also picked up a, uh, a used game, Super Famicom game, but this was in a in a flea market. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. like near my place, there's a there's a huge supermarket, but like kind of between two stores, like like every I don't know every couple of weeks or something, there's just like they lay out some blankets and people just sell stuff there. And mm-hmm. It's usually just toys and clothes and crap like that. But every so often, you know, there's like there's a, a mum or a dad who's like getting rid of their, you know, stuff from when they were younger or something. And you do find, you know, the, the old Famicom or Super Famicom game there. And um, mm-hmm. I saw uh, Chrono Trigger there. Oh. And uh, I was a bit cheeky. And because uh, <laughs> I, I was taking it because it, it was an it was an elderly lady. And I, and I asked her how much it was. And she's like, uh, she wasn't sure. I said, oh, how about 200 yen? How much? Is, how much is that in dollars? Like, uh, it's it's probably like three bucks, okay. something like <laughs> and she's, that. And she was like, mm, "That's a bit, a bit steep, you know, a bit low." So, like, you know, how about you know three hundred? And she's like, "Oh, okay, that's fine." I just took it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Speaking of Chrono Trigger on the Super Famicom, actually, at the same store where I got my Final Fantasy VI, I found a copy of Chrono Trigger, boxed. With all the stuff on the inside, I think it was one of the junk versions. But it was forty yen. Jesus forty Christ. yen. That's like fifty cents. <laughs> I mean, I've got it. Um, just as a big, you know, fuck you to uh, Nintendo of Europe, who didn't didn't let me buy the game back in the day. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm still bitter about that. I I followed that game for months in the official Nintendo magazine, just like, you know, cutting out, cutting out the the screenshots and putting it on my wall, and then it's like. Nope, not coming out. <laughs> so now I've got it. I think I might yeah. like put it on my wall with the just fuck you NOE at the bottom of it or something like that. That would be a good call. Let's go. Cool. should do it. Okay, so my kind of uh, little thing before we start is, um, as listeners may know, I uh, have a brand new baby boy born six months ago. And, uh, you know, when you have a son and you think like, you know, He's going to grow up. He's going to start playing games. You know, his dad's a gamer. He's a Nintendo gamer. What, you know, what's he going to be playing? And so to kind of indo- indoctrinate him before he's even able to speak. <laughs> um, so when I'm kind of like, you know, rocking him back and forth to like get him to sleep or whatever, I find myself like humming songs, you know, just like, just general, just like, but then every so often I, I find myself like just singing like Zelda uh, themes, theme tunes, yes, <laughs> and like yes. all the o- ocarina songs, and nice. uh, <laughs> I, without even thinking about it, just like because they're just so hummable, and it's just like <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's there's me rocking my son back and forth to the uh, you know the 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 wind the wind song. What do you call it? The the windmill song. <laughs> you know, yeah, the song of storms. Nice. So yeah. I thought that's cool, and it, it's also funny to think, you know, the Wii U is coming out next year, sometime in September slash October slash November, <laughs> December, whenever <laughs> it comes out. So, you know, the life cycle of a system is like five years, right? So, you know, you add five years onto next year. So my son's going to be like five, which is, you know, that's the time when 
he could easily be playing games, right? Yeah. Exactly. So the Wii U will be his first system. You know, it'll be his Famicom, which is mm -hmm. just kind of like crazy to think about. You know, like his first console will be the Wii U. <laughs> so yeah, it's funny to think about that. It makes me feel old. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that's my thing. So let's cool. move on to the new business. Let's do it. Okay, so new business. So Dan, what do you got? So there was a game that came out early last month in here in Japan. It's actually going to be. It's on its way to Europe and. North America this December. In the Japanese title is called Hiku Osu, but the US title is actually called Pushmo, and then the European version is going to be called Pull Blocks. And this is a really fascinating game, and it was developed by Intelligent Studios, or Intelligent Systems, excuse me, and uh, in collaboration with Nintendo. And then, like I said, it was released uh, very, very early in October, and the main purpose of this game is to, you're basically pushing and pulling these different panels on the stage, and you're trying to make your way up to the top of this uh, collection of panels, more or less. To get it's kind of like, like a, uh, looking control. at a Tetris puzzle, isn't it? Yeah, kind, kind of like, like a that. Col colored Tetris puzzle. And you yeah, kind of like climb it. Exactly, exactly. But, I mean, you know, obviously at first the, the puzzles start out very simply, and you can pull them out like... It's kind of like a grid, I guess. Like, you can pull them out, like, three, like, pull three times, like, one, two, three. Mm -hmm. And um, there's, like, you know, different levels to that. So, I mean, the 3D, you could, you know, kind of use that to kind of judge the depth a little bit, too. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's nothing like it, but it kind of reminded me of that um, weird PS3 game, Catherine. You know, where oh. they're kind of climbing up the... The puzzle thing. It's, it's it's nothing like that, but it just like, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely nothing like that. Vaguely, there, you know, yeah. the puzzle I mean, this, element of it. Yeah, yeah so I was going to say, this, this, <laughs> there is no, like, super sexy anime women. This is like this little fat, jolly dude. It looks <laughs> like, very cute. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very cute game. Looks like a Nintendo game. It, it like, does, it does. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun, and it gets pretty hard sometimes. So hard that I just get angry and start screaming. So um, <laughs> This this is an eShop game, right? This is an eShop game. I think How in much Japan, was it? I think it costs like 600 yen, 700 yen. Okay, um, that's pretty good. I'm not quite sure what it's going to cost in the States. You know, probably six, seven bucks. Uh, you know, in Europe, I have no idea. Um, or whatnot. But, I, you know, it has like 250 levels. You can actually make your own puzzles, too. And with the version that's out right now, you can't share them. But they're adding functionality with some kind of an update coming soon that's going to add the ability to share your creations via QR code to other people um, so how does that work so you've got to like email somebody the qr code i guess <laughs> or that maybe, seems a bit weird so you've you got to put it on the sd card and then email it and then they got to scan it from their computer it's a bit strange so either that or maybe if you just have your ds 3ds with you and just have the qr code you know on the screen and just i guess you could do it like that um, what using a mirror no, I mean like use the 3DS camera. Like if you have, if your friend has a 3DS, you have a 3DS. You oh, have... you mean sharing like standing next to each other? Yes, okay. like that. <laughs> Not yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this... So I suppose that's how it can work. But uh, I'm assuming that this this feature is going to be in the U.S. and European versions as opposed to from the know, start, keeping it right? out. And, yeah, as opposed to just keeping it out and stuff. But I mean, you know, th this is this update's actually going to be available to 
all users who already who already own the game. They don't have to like pay any more money or anything. So, but I'm um, guessing in the usual Nintendo back backward uh, way, it's going to have to be you're going to have to go to the eShop and re-download it, or even worse, like go into the already bought games or something <laughs> like that, and you know click rebuy or something stupid like that. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Of course, we'd all wish that we could just you know have your 3ds in standby mode and it just updates it you know using yeah. a spot pass and then you open it up boom it's updated that would be nice that you know and nice. honestly uh, the spot pass stuff does work pretty good in japan we have you know there's a lot of that stuff with the video channels nintendo video and then the cinema <laughs> you, you that you can't I, get I must, enough of that you, i must be the only people the only person in japan in the world that actually likes this stuff i swear to god no <laughs> i've, I've st street passed a lot of people and it's quite popular it's it, it, as them you know most recently played game or whatever. You know, I'll I'll defend the Itsunomani TV because they they update this thing like every uh, day. I'm just bored of it. Well, I mean, some of the stuff is pretty lame, like the magician stuff. They're like these magicians that do these really lame tricks. <laughs> they're not even tricks. They're not it's, tricks. it's like it's like you know this. I I saw one. It's like a guy on a calculator, and it's like. Add these numbers up, times it by fifty, and that's your birthday. It's like that's not a magic trick. <laughs> or he'll be like, have the calculator. He'll like tap out this uh, certain number sequence, turn it upside down. It says and it hello. says hello. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, le oh I learned God. that when I was six. You know. Yeah. Okay, actually, that wasn't on the show, but I mean, this is this is the caliber of magic that these guys do. But sometimes they actually have some really, really this really awesome magician come on, and he just does stuff that just blows your mind. I think I talked about it one time before. He had like these four coins, and all of a sudden he's just like moving around his hands, and all of a sudden he has three. And it's like, what are you? What is going on? I don't know. It's insane. Uh, it is insane. Yeah. So anything apart from uh, pushmo, pull blocks, <laughs> gitmo, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, apart from that, not really. It's that's what I've been kind of focusing on on 3ds. How much um, time did he put into Four Swords? Four Swords, I played a considerable amount of time. I think at least like five hours or something. So you um, got to the the, uh, the retro stages, right? Actually, no, I didn't. I'm at the final boss. and uh, Oh, I yeah, played, he's tricky. Yeah, yeah. I played through most of the game with a friend, and it was awesome. Oh, that's and, cool. Mm. And then I got to the final boss, and I was playing by myself. And he's a real bastard to play by yourself, apparently. I, I was having trouble, and I even looked online. I was like, I'm, how do you do this? And... It no, kind of you, you just got to keep throwing bombs yeah, at the base, and, and it'll eventually he'll he'll come down, and you'll be able to hit him. Yeah, but, but it is weird. Yeah, it's it's kind of frustrating, and I actually haven't played for a few weeks. But. Yeah, I, I got to the Link's Awakening stage, and uh, I haven't cool. gone back to it since then. But yeah, it's a good game, and well, you can't argue it. It's free. It's free. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a pretty quality sake. product, I'd say. Very good. Yeah, nice present. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Awanuma, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so um. Are you done? Yeah. So yeah, other than you know, like you said, four swords. Um, obviously, since the last episode, the ambassador games hit, and um, I might have played every single one for like you know three or four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but the the one game that stuck because um, I've been really wanting to play this game for a long, long time, Zelda One. If if people have been following me on Twitter, that's uh, they would know about my progress in that game. Um, so I never had a NES. The the Game Boy was my first um, like system, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So my experience is, you know, Link's Awakening and Zelda Three. Those are my you know Zelda games that I remember when I was younger. Right? Mm -hmm. I did play Zelda in bits, but I just 
you know, when you played at a friend's house in in short bursts, you can't get very far. Get, no. You can't get very far. You die a lot. You exactly. don't know what's going on. It's like, what do I? What am I doing? You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like your friend will let you use his save file. It's like because he doesn't want to waste his hearts or whatever. And it's like so you got to start your own save game. And it's like so my, you know, my experience of Zelda one is they're not good experiences. <laughs> it's just like frustrating and just annoying. So to have this kind of portable version of it, and you know, just being able to play it and just like put it into you know the shut what do you call it the uh, <laughs> the save state oh yeah okay well it's not it's not te- technically a save state is it? it's just like a you know you can just suspend it. state suspend state yeah. thank you that's the word i was looking yeah. for um i guess the uh the save state is coming in a later update but yeah so anyway i got into the game and i just said to myself okay i've got to get i've got to complete this game this is the zelda game you know this is the first zelda game I'm a huge Zelda fan, you know, I can't go through life not having completed this game. <laughs> so, um, so I've got quite far, I got like, I think I'm up to the dungeon just before the the final dungeon. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, now Mario's come out, you know, I haven't played it that much, you know. <laughs> you know, then Four Swords came out, and then, you know, Mario's come out, so I haven't, had it, I haven't finished it yet, but I will finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I said I'd finish it before the year's up, but I don't know if I can keep that promise because <laughs> Mario Kart Seven is coming out, and then we'll probably be playing that every night <laughs> till the end of days. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, I'm not going to bother with Zelda Two. It just I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't hit me that game. I, um, it, it, I, know, I know some people really love that game. I'm not going to yeah. diss it, but I'm just saying it's not for me. Yeah, I really like the music in Zelda Two. Um, I just. I've tried many, many times to try to get into it and try to get through it. Uh, it I mean, I'm you know I'm not like the the best gamer in the world, but I'm not awful. You're but, not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean that that's that's a hard game. It's a really hard game, mm. I think. Um, and it's I don't know. It's it's so different from the other Zelda games. I mean that, that's kind of I think that's kind of nice. But then again, too, it's it, it makes it kind of harder to get into for me. I just feel like I'm doing it wrong. Like, there's somebody saying, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong, every time I play Zelda 2. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but just to go back to Zelda 1 for a second, um, obviously we've got the, the Japanese uh, ambassador game, so we, we're playing the Famicom versions of these games. And uh, somebody on the forums asked, asked uh, me, us, to check out if the, some of the Famicom features were included in these games. So what I mean is that the second controller on the Famicom which people may know has a microphone in it, only the second controller. And uh, apparently there's a there's an enemy in Zelda 1 called a Paul's voice, I think. It looks like a little rabbit. Uh-huh. And if you scream into the, the mic, then it destroys those uh, creatures immediately. And I don't know if you remember, Dan, but they're quite hard to kill. They're like, yeah. they're like three or four hits, even with the most powerful sword. So, uh-huh. so somebody asked me to check it out, so... You can do that trick. I think um, is it L and R and Y. It's it something it's, like that. You can you can yeah. actually on the 3DS in the NES or the Famicom games. Or, yeah. uh, you can change the change the player two. Yeah, right? play, player two. Which is kind of pointless, <laughs> really, because you can't yeah. really play two player games on your own. But anyway, yeah. I guess that will come into play when when we get multiplayer options in the updated versions. But anyway, I tried it out. Switched the player two. And it didn't work. <laughs> I screamed into the 3DS mic, it didn't work, so never mind. But I thought that would be a little cool little feature. If they could include that in the updated version, that would be so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've got a mic, 
you know. <laughs> yeah. It shouldn't be too hard to link those together, but I don't know. I'm not a programmer. It's probably incredibly hard, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, let's move on to the biggest game that uh, everybody's playing. Well, everybody in Japan is playing. Um... It's uh, Super 3D Mario, 3D Land 3D. Times four. 3D. (laughs) In 3D. Yes. So, uh, Amazon Japan screwed up. I got this game a day late. Thanks, Amazon. (laughs) They're on the list. Death. (laughs) Um, Dan, you picked it up. Yeah, I did. Actually, I, I braved going out on the day that came out. It's, it was a national holiday here in Japan. Right. Um, Culture day. Yes. And it's uh, first, when I got to the electronics store, I saw a big line outside. And I was thinking, there is no way this is for Mario. <laughs> no it way. Wasn't. Come on, please. But it wasn't. It was actually some kind of a sale they had going that day, <laughs> thank God. But I had to like wait 15 minutes to go inside the store to get it. And then I got it. So I went back home. And then I recorded a segment with for uh, Connectivity. Um, which you can listen nice. to, actually. It's uh, about the expansion port feature that I actually got completed recently with help from Aaron Kaluska, Pedro, and a lot of others on the site, too, um, giving pictures and stuff like that. YouTube yep. games. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yes. it, is, it is an awesome feature. Yeah. Not, not because it includes amazing photographs of a Famicom <laughs> and a Super Famicom. <laughs> 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 They're probably the best part of the whole feature. Yeah, probably. Oh, and it's also got, like, you know, how many pages of amazing text. But, you know, you, you can read that if you want. Yeah. <laughs> One page of text. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Seriously. I'm, I mean, Danny, you're a modest guy, but I'll toot, I'll toot your horn for you, so to speak. Uh, it, it is amazing. And if you any interested in those, you know, ridiculously unused ports at the bottom of your Nintendo systems... You should read it. Yes. So, anyway, back to Mario. Do it. <laughs> so, how much did you pay for Mario in the end? I paid, well, actually, I had some store credit, so I okay. only paid like 2,000 yen for it. But it was about 4,000, actually. 4,000? Okay. So. Amazon was 3,600, I think. Oh, you bastard. But, yeah, I think the, <laughs> the official price is 4,800, 4, right? Yeah, I mean... Standard yeah. first you'll, party. You'll, yeah, you'll see that, but they'll a lot of shops will just kick it down to four, something like that. So, yeah, quite different than what you see in the states. Yes. So, so before you uh, you skip the segment, um, we'll we'll keep this spoiler free. Um, mm-hmm. I'm up to world seven now. Uh, how about you, Dan? Uh, I just got to world three today. I was kind of trying to focus on. Um, would this be a spoiler to say this? Probably not by now. Maybe. Um, there are star coins. Spoiler. <gasps> You le- bastard. In the levers. I'm not, like, telling you where they are. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, that would be a very monotonous podcast. Yeah. Go left. <laughs> yes, go left. Go, go left up, more. Hit that block three times. No. Um, yeah. So, so uh, the, yeah, uh, the star coins, um, you know, like New Super Mario Brothers Wii style, you know, three coins in each, each level, right? So what I thought was, because, I don't know, from what Dan said on connectivity, um, these coins are important to the game. Um, I, that that could be a spoiler, actually, if I say any more. But anyway, if you're interested in knowing a little bit of more spoilery info about it, you should go and listen to the 
connectivity episode, not the current one, but the one before with. I believe it's episode, and... episode six. Okay. Um. So these coins. So I want. What I wanted to do is I wanted to collect as many as I could, um. Because you know, usually what you do is you go through the game, you, you get like a one or two, maybe three on each level, and then you go back and you try and get them all again. Mm-hmm. But so you, you fly through the game, right? And you can complete the game probably quite quickly that way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's levels to unlock which which require coins. So you know, if you just kind of skip those as well because they're not necessary to play you could you could beat the game you know very very quickly so what i thought i would do this time is um i'm not going to progress to the next world until i've got all the star coins on that world so that way i can just kind of like save i can explore every level and then move on so you know i I know that i've seen everything Mm -hmm. and uh I think that's kind of it's going well at the moment. Like like I said, I'm on world seven, so I've got every star coin in worlds one to six. Nice. And how how much time have you put into it so far? It's hard to say really. I like a few hours every day. Okay. I mean I've only had it for like how many days? <laughs> like four days? <laughs> yeah. Three days? <laughs> yeah. Um so it was a belated uh birthday present by the way, because it was so close to my birthday, it was like a week after my birthday that um my wife pre-ordered it for me so i could pick it up or get it delivered rather mm-hmm. uh, a week after my birthday so yeah it's cool i mean to talk about the game um i think i think it f- feels very much like a mini mario galaxy mm-hmm. it's like a portable mario galaxy which is amazing I'm sure it controls differently mm-hmm. and it has lots of you know elements of mario brothers 3 but um i think that's mainly just like the music really it's the music and I don't know. Obviously, the Tanuki suit, and you know, a few enemies here and there, like you know, the the musical blocks and things like that. But there's not that much, you know, related to Mario Brothers Three, in my opinion. Like the levels, very much like Mario sixty four, Mario Galaxy. You know, mm-hmm. um, you got some side scrolling levels, but then there's kind of le- levels which are just like a tower, and you just have to climb it. You know, mm-hmm. go inside, and then you climb it to the top or something like that. Yeah, I, you know, in terms of Mario Three elements, I think there's enough in there you know, kind of as a throwback that, I mean, you can get that feel without it being overwhelming yeah. or feeling... It's very slight, though. I mean, like yeah. the bosses as well, like the the, the Koopa kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I imagine most people have you know, seen a lot of this stuff by now anyways, and it, it, yeah. So. No, people... Yeah, in the trailer, it showed like that like that, yeah. that dude, right? The, the spinning around dude. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, and also they got the the airships, right? And, yeah, and, and the music. Si- I mean, there there's there's actually I think there's a sizable amount of stuff that is throwback to Mario Three, but like I said, it's not like overwhelming. Where it's hmm. just like, holy crap, I, I've seen this way too much. And I mean, you know, Mario Three came out in what 1990, 91. So I mean, it's not like it just came out like a couple of years ago and they're just reusing all assets or something like that. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. It it is hard to pinpoint, like you know, when people say like, what is it most similar to? Mm-hmm. It is quite hard to answer that question. I yeah. mean, l- like I said, it's like I think it's like a mini Mario Galaxy for most of the most of it, but that's not mm-hmm. to say all of it is like that. Sure. Um, sure. I do miss a world map. I would have liked a world map instead of the just the kind of just the straight line next yeah. level, next level, yeah. next level. You know, it's that's like Mario Galaxy two in that way. I guess mm-hmm. just a very simple line. You know, next world. That's it. Done. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. I think it's great. And, you know, I had some trepidation, you know, going going into it. You know, people, some people were worried about the controls and stuff. 
I mean, it's it is mainly like hardware. It's like a hardware thing. Like the 3DS slide pad isn't as good as an analog stick. You know? Right. Yeah, right. breaking news, you know. <laughs> we all knew that anyway. Right. Um, and I have kind of like slipped off a ledge, you know, because, yeah. you know, I thought I was going, you know, directly right, but I was actually going right and down a little bit. And then, yeah. you know, Mario's kind of walked off the edge. Exactly. I, you like know, I, I noticed that early on when I was playing <clears> that that happened to me, not like a lot, but just mm -hmm. enough times to get kind of annoying. Yeah. But then again, too, enough times to make myself realize what I'm doing. It's like I'm obviously pushing down a little bit instead of just completely right or, you know, or yeah. something like that. So it, it kind of makes you, I guess, a little bit better of a player, too, so, in a way. So here's the problem. So this game has been tooted as like, you know, this is the game that's going to convert, you know, 2D Mario lovers to 3D and that kind of thing, which they've been trying to do since forever, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> in Japan, at least. You know, mm -hmm. it's not, not such much of a problem in the west but in japan it it is a problem like you know you talk to anybody um especially like uh women who used to be mario fans you know when it turned to mario 64 that was it you know they didn't get an n64 because they were put off by the 3d mario it's not mario but um, i guarantee you if the n64 disc drive would have came out at launch <laughs> the women would have flocked to the n64 danny and his 64 dd drive <laughs> jesus you've always got to get it in there somehow haven't you <clears throat> So anyway, um, so that that stigmatism, you know, that stigma was until the Wii, like New Super Mario Brothers Wii, that brought some people back. You know, that was a brilliant, you know, play by Nintendo to, you know, that four-player, you know, 2D, strictly 2D, you know, very classic Mario style. That brought a lot of people back. But, you know, those same people did not buy Mario Galaxy. Mm -hmm. You know, you could, you know, the sales of one and two combined weren't, you know, even half of, you know, New Super Mario Brothers Wii. You know, people in Japan do not like 3D games in general, but, uh, you know, when it comes to Mario especially. And so I don't think this game is going to convert those people, I'm sorry to say. I mean, like the problems that we were just saying, you know, people like falling off ledges and stuff, you know, it's like that that scares people, you know, when they, they don't, you know, left and right you can't fall into the screen you know mm -hmm. there's there's a safety net there's a kind of like you know there's a safe feeling you can only go left and right you know it's very safe but like when i talk to my wife my wife's a huge you know mario fan she's like she she knows mario brothers 3 like the back of her hand it's like awesome. i wish I, I wish i'd play and i'm like how do you know this stuff there's like hidden blocks all over the place but you put you know mario galaxy in her hands she's like nope no thanks not interested like what she says is that, um, and I think it's the feeling of most uh, Japanese people, is that they say they don't know where to go, which seems uh -huh. which seems like a weird thing for us to hear. But like, it's like we don't know where to go. It's like it's a wide open space. Am I supposed to go forward? Like, there's things all over the place. Where hmm. am I supposed to go? So it's like kind of feeling of like not having a clear goal, which kind mm -hmm. of puts people off. And yeah, I guess Mario 3D Land does have a clear goal. It does have mm -hmm. the flagpole. You know, they've right. they've kind of made that very clear. It has a flagpole. You know, yeah. something to aim towards. You know, H has your wife got to try out the game? Uh, Mario 3D Land. Yeah. And uh, no, not yet. Okay. <laughs> Hasn't left my hands <laughs> since I got it. But um, yeah, I'd be interested to see if she can get into that. But um, my guess is maybe not. Uh huh. Maybe not. And she's not a fan of 3D in general so she would probably play it in 2d <laughs> yeah you know I, when i first started 
reading and watching videos and whatnot about Mario 3D Land, one thing it immediately, immediately made me think of are, like, maybe early 3D games that were on, like, the PlayStation, like maybe Crash Bandicoot or something. Uh. Uh, I'm not saying that this game is... <laughs> uh, okay, in terms of quality, this beats the pants off of that. I mean... I'm just saying, like, in terms of... <laughs> I could just of... imagine Twitter now. Danny Bivens on Famicast says, Mario 3 The Land, worse than Crash Bandicoot. Shock. That's <laughs> exactly what I said. Um, I mean, just in the sense that some of those early Crash Bandicoot games, I mean, they were 3D, but they were kind of, like, restricted a bit, right. you know? And, and Mario 3D Land's like that, too. But, it's, but what they have is actually really good. You, you have really, uh, you know, functional levels. You have really um, interesting design choices. Um, compared to this early 3D stuff where it was just, you know, there, it was just early. So, I mean, there really wasn't a lot that they right. were doing with it. But. I guess the 3D, I, I, what I mean 3D as in, yeah. like, not the stereoscopic 3D. Yeah. Like, the 3D is quite limited in Mario 3D land. Like, you'll see, like, a little cave in the background. You can walk into the cave and you get some coins and you come back to the foreground again. It's kind of like little things like that. I mean, yeah. there are there are some levels that are more Mario 64 esque you know in that mm-hmm. you know it's kind of a wide open space but generally there's only one place to go you know, there's one way to go it's, there's exactly. no huge exploration worlds i mean i think I've, there's one like a sand based one mm-hmm. with a tower and there's like there's quite there's things on each side of the tower that you have to kind of explore you can miss coins star coins if you don't mm-hmm. explore each side of it um but those are quite rare i mean I, that's the only one i can think of off the top of my head mm-hmm. um so yeah, uh, I don't know. It remains to be seen, but I mean, with the advertising push they've got, and it's like you know, it's portable. It's Mario. It looks nice. It looks yeah. cute. It looks you know, it's got the elements of you know the two D Mario games. I don't know. It might trick some people into buying it. But, yeah. But whether that word of mouth will then spread to like, oh, you got to play this. You know, you know, it's uh-huh. it's really awesome. It's like you know, it's just like the old games or something like that. Uh-huh. Which you know, it's kind of sad to think that you know we they still have to sell games based on the two D Mario games even now. You know, it's like the Famicom game. You know, it's like the Famicom game like every year. You know, <laughs> that's the game that still people you know love and go back to. But yeah, we'll see. It's an it's an awesome game. I don't want to put any negative spin on it. I'm just no, trying to yeah. think you know uh, yeah. how this how this is going to be accepted you know exactly. across and the world. You know, like I said, with it with it being kind of limited, with the 3D not wide open, I can see how this maybe could appeal to people that are maybe, you know, gravitating from you know a new Super Mario Brothers Wii, mm-hmm. or maybe even new Super Mario Brothers in the DS. Even um, I, I could see how this could maybe bring in people like that, but it just depends because I mean, you know, sometimes people don't you know are stubborn and they don't want to change, and that, that's fine. You know, that's just the way it is, and yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Well, like I said, with with Japanese people, it's not really this the stubbornness of not wanting to change. It's just the fear of hmm. it, it. Like it's not fun. It's very complex. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's not for me kind of thing. Right. Which is uh, I do hear a lot, mm-hmm. like um, like huge fans of the two D Mario games, and you know they've never even played Mario sixty four. It's like it's just crazy to me, but you know, because hmm. I've loved every Mario game. But yeah, me too. But I think if this fails, like, well, it's not going to fail, fail. But no. like, you know, if it's if it doesn't, you know, explode like Mario's New Super Mario Brothers Wii, if it doesn't go that big, I'm pretty confident they're going to release a new Super Mario Brothers 3D, 
3DS or whatever, you know, like the traditional 2D style one. Because they've got to get a Mario game that, you know, everybody loves. Mm-hmm. And if this doesn't do it, then they've got to have something, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, with this being early in the, in the 3DS's right, life cycle right, right. too, um, I, I think it's very possible that we'll see another Mario game in, you know, the, the life cycle of the 3DS. So whether that's going to be a sequel to this, you know, a 3, 3D-ish game, mm-hmm. um, or it's going to be a 2D one, that's, you know, that remains to be seen. But well, I definitely think we can expect something like that coming. Yeah. Well, one thing's for sure, Mario Kart 7 is going to do well. I mean, that's Boom. that's Mario Kart, right? Oh, yeah. You can't sure. argue with that. No. <laughs> so that should be awesome. Cannot wait for that game. Yes. Is it, that's 1st of December, right? Um, In Japan, at least. God, it's... I thought it was like the 4th or something, actually. Um yeah, first week of December anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to have to wait for like Christmas before I can play that though. I think that's going to oh. be a Christmas present. Oh god. Uh, I don't know. I'm <laughs> well, then to... are you sure are you sure you want to do that because um, it, you're right it is it is on the first here in Japan, it's on the 4th in the US. But um are you sure you want to do that man because mm. <laughs> I'll have the game from the first. I'll get it in the first day. And I I was... have to kidnap Santa Claus for that one. <laughs> at gunpoint. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could be right. I, I don't think I can have you getting good at the game, you know, several weeks before I can even play it. Yeah, I'm just know. doing this as a friendly gesture to you. It's like, yeah, man, don't let Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I, I I won't be able to beat you, even if the you know you've had three weeks of training. Oh, maybe that's what I'm saying. So yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay then. So uh, <laughs> I think that about that wraps up new business and so let's move on to some news all right okay so uh let's move on to the first bit of news which is uh, uh some new exciting virtual console releases right Yes, and so as many of you know, in the United States, Europe, basically everywhere else, everywhere else in the world except for Japan, the Wii has here in Japan. You know, the the, the virtual console has been pretty consistent. And Japan's always been getting titles, um, as opposed to like sixty days or sixty days <laughs> plus in the U.S. without a title. Well, I think by now, by the time this episode goes out, it could be seventy. I think. Yeah, I and or maybe. Maybe something will maybe they'll be they'll surprise us. I kind of doubt it, but hey. <laughs> but in Japan, actually, this month they are releasing uh, quite a few new titles, and some of the big titles that they're actually releasing. Uh, I'll just go ahead and actually kind of rattle them off here. For the Super Famicom, they're releasing Metal Max Returns, and on the N64, Bomberman Hero is finally coming out on the BC here in Japan. It was released earlier the year in America, and I believe in Europe too. And one of the coolest things that's actually coming out this month is. Um, a Mega Drive, a Sega Genesis version of Super Street Fighter II, The New Challengers, which actually features online cooperative play. Wow, that this, is awesome. Yeah. That, this is actually the second game, right? Uh, we did, I think we did mention this in a previous Famicast. The, what was that? The Puyo, was it Puyo, the Puyo Puyo? Puyo Yeah, Puyo Puyo. That was online? Yeah. I mean, this boggles my mind in a, in a good way. Like, yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's like updating virtual console games with online. Yeah. It's like, it's unheard of. I, I it's think, amazing. Yeah, this is this is freaking awesome, and kudos to Capcom and Sega, you know, for stepping up and doing stuff like that. That's that's great because you know, you sure as hell know Nintendo's not going to do it. Right. So, um, but so that that's a, that proves that you know Nintendo have got nothing against people doing it. 
Yeah. You know, it's just that they're not going to do it yeah. <laughs> and they're not going to encourage people to do it, but you can do it if you want. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's awesome. And, you know, that kind of could breathe a new life into games like this too, that maybe, you know, if it's a game that someone really liked back in the day, they're like, holy crap, now I can actually play essentially the original version, you know, with my friends, <laughs> assuming that they haven't sold their Wii or whatever, <laughs> and, you know, play <laughs> online. So... Oh, it'd be interesting to see how it works. I mean, does it just take your friend's uh, friends uh, list from your yeah, Wii? Or? I'm not sure. Details are pretty mum on this, yeah. so I'm assuming it's probably through friend codes. I hope that's not like individual friend codes uh, for Super Street Fighter 2. That would be, <laughs> that would be stupid. And possible. And you'd have like three people playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, anyway, let's not put a downer on this. This is a positive yeah, thing. and we hope. great thing. We hope this goes forward to the Wii U and, you know, this continues, this trend, you know. Yes. We're going to see Nintendo games doing this as well, right? Mm -hmm. That would be cool. Yes. Okay, well, the another big bit of news here. This is quite huge. The Dragon Quest X beta. That's right, I said beta. That's how beta. it's pronounced. What's a beta? <laughs> you mean Vita? That's how they pronounce the PlayStation Vita in Japan. Vita. Vita. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Beta. Yeah, okay. There's Danny doing some on, you know, on-the-fly translation. Yes. Oh. Detranslation, I like yes. to call it. Um, so anyway, the the DQX uh, beta has started, uh, or is about to start. So they're looking for signups, um, but there's quite a few kind of rules before you uh, before people frantically uh, go to their uh, computers to uh, sign up. So you've got to be uh, obviously you've got to be an active gamer. You've got to you know I think that means they want people to play this a lot. So. <laughs> No social life, I think that's what it means. <laughs> um, obviously, you've got to have a Wii and a method of connecting to the net. Duh. <laughs> you've got to be a member of the Square Enix uh, member's account. And you've got to live in Japan. So that pretty much rules out 99% of the people listening. <laughs> um, but uh, the, uh, there, is, there is no time limit to this. So... You know, even if you miss the first round, they're actually going to do more. So they're going to continue accepting applications um, uh, for a while and add more people as they go. So what you can do is you can create any character from one of the five tribes um, and you can go and fight uh, monsters. Uh, you cannot do anything story related, though. That's the, the big thing. So obviously that, that's going to be secret. And the uh, all obviously that will all will be in the retail version. And beta testers will get a little bonus as well. They'll get a little Draki cap. I don't have no idea what a Draki is, but apparently it's a very weak monster. It's like a little. It's like, it's like a little bat. And actually, on the news posting that we have on the site, um, you can check it out. If you just scroll through the news, you can see it. And we have a picture in there of a bunch of different characters that are actually wearing 
th- these Draki hats, and uh, it's kind of, it's just like a cute little bat. If you know oh, I think I know. Even though I know nothing about Dragon Quest, yeah. I think I just think of like the it. cutest little bat that you can ever picture in your mind, and that's probably what it looks like. Is it like a Zubat, like Pokemon Zubat? No, not quite, because those don't have eyes, and that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So um, apparently, you know, if you sign up for this thing, you can't tell anyone about it. Yeah, or what, from what I read about it, it's like you can't talk about details of it. Right. You're not supposed to take pictures. You're not supposed to shoot videos of it and stuff like that. Yeah, good luck policing that. Yeah, but, <laughs> on uh, the net. Yeah, me and James are talking. It's like if if we get in, um, you can definitely expect a Famicast update because I don't think that Square Enix Japan is going to be listening to, or maybe they are listening. If they are listening to the Famicast, hey, welcome. we apologize in advance. But, uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> you, you can't stop me, damn it! Yeah, so I think we're we're all going to try and apply, aren't we? And if we yeah. don't, one of us gets in, then you know we're we'll, we're going to at least uh, give it a shot, right? But it's cool; they're going to send a USB thing to you if you yes. don't have one. Yes. Yeah. I'm, well, assuming, it, I'm assuming this is all free. I don't know if you have to pay for any of this. I don't. Know. I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't say anything about price, but the the memory thing too. It's they said that either they will or they won't send it. I I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. If you don't have one, it says. I think that's yeah, what it says. It's like, uh, who would have one of these things? No, yeah, I think I, it's just a it, USB USB key stick that's, thing. Okay. I was under the impression this is some kind of proprietary weird thing specifically made. You know, for this, but hey. Well, probably the the final retail one will have a Dragon Quest, well, you know, yeah, logo version or something. But inside, it's basically just a plain old USB yeah. thing. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because like when the Wii before the Wii was released, mm-hmm. th- they said that um, there's going to be a little bit of onboard storage, but you're going to be able to plug in USB hard drives to kind of back up your games or your data or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was cool because I had you know a couple of USB hard drives external hard drives but mm-hmm. obviously that never came about on the wii yeah and you know you can't even put you know any usb memory in the wii at all it's all sd so yeah then you know finally as the wii is dying you know we <laughs> we get this uh you know usb mini hard drive kind of yeah, thing just in time just in time <laughs> <laughs> yeah we get the best Zelda game on the system and the you know, USB hard drives, you know, <laughs> a year after the consoles died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is cool, but I do wish this stuff would have came sooner. But hey, you know, what can you do? That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So yeah, that's Dragon Quest. So uh, yeah, if you're listening, if you're in Japan and you can read some Japanese, then uh, go to the uh, Dragon Quest Ten website and sign up. Mm-hmm. So cool. next, um, so this is a little bit of a, <laughs> this is not really news, so to speak, but um, Sakurai, uh, the uh, you know the head of uh, Sora, who's you know currently uh, making uh, Kid Icarus, the non-left-handed game for the 3DS, <laughs> um, he's been going crazy on Twitter recently. I mean, he's, a, he's an avid Twitter poster, but he only posts in Japanese, so you know most people listening will not really know that. But um, he's been tweeting about, um, it's kind of strange actually, he's been tweeting about lots of PlayStation stuff, like um, he was saying how he likes the the PlayStation Plus, how you can save to the cloud, um, you know, which is something that he, you know, likes, you know, he's quite an influential person, let's hope, you know, some of these 
comments, you know, feed back into Nintendo. And and he said, um, but the one thing that he didn't like was that, you know, for PSP and PlayStation 3 compatible games, you know, games that you can play on both, like when you save to the cloud, you can't kind of share the saves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, um, so that's, that's what he wants, you know, like an update to do that, to fix that. But after that, he said he's thankful that the games can be used on both systems. So he was talking about, you know, games that can be played on the PSP and the PS3. You know, the mm-hmm. same game played on both. Mm-hmm. So some people have taken this statement to saying it's like a kind of little knock to Nintendo, as in, like, why do virtual console games only work on the Wii and the 3DS? Like, why are the virtual consoles separate like that? Mm-hmm. You know, why do we have to buy Zelda on both? Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't. We didn't buy Zelda. We got Zelda for free. But you know, that's what I mean. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. You know, Excite Bike. Okay, yeah, you got Excite Bike. You know, you got, you got Excite Bike on the 3DS and Excite Bike on the Wii. You know, there's no crossover there. Sure. So, but you know, I don't think that's necessarily a diss at Nintendo. I think it's just you know, he's just saying that he admires the way that the PlayStation PlayStation does it. Yeah. But yeah. Let's hope that these statements kind of like, you know, they do come back to Nintendo and, you know, you know, they take some tips <laughs> from yeah. other companies and how they do things. Yeah. That's one of the most frustrating things about Nintendo is how, you know, they they don't acknowledge what other companies do, you know. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that, you know, when I was doing research for my expansion ports feature that I was mentioned earlier, actually looking at, especially in regards to like online connectivity with Nintendo consoles. I mean, it seems like Nintendo used to be kind of at the cutting edge of this type of stuff. Right. Even with the Famicom, they're doing stuff that was, I mean, you know, primitively, but it was like online. It, you know, the, yeah. the, the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, it was kind of online. I mean, via Saddle, saddle of View. I mean, it, it, not, you know, not like the internet as we know today, but, you know, it, it was, you know, had some kind of connectivity, you know, features and stuff like that. Even the N64 with the DD, and, you know, they had service for that. And, well, it's very similar. Like lots of those features, you know, yeah. came into the Wii, like the news channel or the weather yeah. channel, you know, things like that. Yeah, and you know, when it came to the GameCube, all of a sudden things just stopped, basically. Right. And <laughs> the, so that's, at the time when online gaming started, they yeah. stopped. <laughs> all of a sudden, Nintendo's like, "Hey, we're done." And then, you know, when the Wii came out, they're like, "Hey, we should maybe start doing stuff with the online." And you know, I guess they did it with the DS too, but. It just seems like they're just so far behind, and it's and like you said too. Sometimes they're just like they don't look at what other competitors are doing, or if they do, they just try to do their own thing, and it's just not as. It's good. it's a weird thing. It's kind of like I think it's this kind of I don't know Japanese pride thing. It's like if you didn't think of the idea first, if you didn't invent the idea, mm-hmm. you know, you shouldn't copy another company's idea and you know call it you know and then call it your own. Yeah, I think it's that kind of weird mentality. I mean. There's nothing wrong with, you know, using a concept that someone else has thought of and then adapting it and making it your own. You know, yeah. like, for example, achievements. You know, you don't have to yeah. copy the Xbox achievements. You know, mm-hmm. some people don't like them. Some people do. But, like, you know, why not adapt that and make it your own? You know, make yeah. a Nintendoized version of it. You know, it could be different. Exactly. exactly. And, you know, one thing I like about the 3DS that they that really no other consoles have really done, really, I, I like the... The activity log. I like that a lot, actually. I like mm-hmm. being able to see how many times I played my games, how long I've played my games. I don't know. I'm kind of like OCD about that type of stuff. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's really cool. What's your most played game, Danny? I think the eShop. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, why you got the nickname. 
Yes, but uh, well, that's because I'm you know I'm, I write a feature for it every week, and then I watch a lot of like the videos on there too. That's true. That's true. That's an awesome little feature. I hope people read that. It's cool. Yeah. Finding out. I I often read that because I you know I'm too lazy to check the eShop, so I just like <laughs> I just read your article and I go, okay, that's what's on. Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah. True story. Yes. Anywho. <laughs> uh, what were you saying? Um, that's it. I, I, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, next. This is a um, bit of a breaking news here, actually. Just before we started recording, I was talking to Minoru. I told you the spirit of Minoru would be with us yes. in this episode. Yes. A lot, a lot like Obi-Wan. He's yes. kind of like a blue ghost in the yes, corner. Yes, exactly. But he's not dead. Yes. Um, <laughs> not yet, but wait, what? So he was telling me that um, um, people may have heard of Guri, which is um, like a social networking gaming service in japan there is it kind of became like known because of this tgs they had the biggest booth at tgs mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. bigger than sony bigger than microsoft bigger than anything it was huge it was, it was huge it was green and i didn't spend a single minute in that booth but never mind <laughs> so there's a there's a there's a new 3ds game that's coming out um crayon shinchan which is a stupid animated character hey. in japan hey he's uh, awesome and the english version was kind of funny so, <laughs> I've never seen face. it in English. Actually, it's it's freaking crazy, but it's it's kind of funny. Anyways. I just I just hate the the look of it. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's like looking at an isometric view from the side, you know, at the same time. It's just uh hurts my eyes. Anyway, so Crane Shinchan, big character in Japan. He's got um uh 3DS game just come out. So inside the 3DS box, 3DS game box, there is a code for a Gree app app game uh, a crane shinchan game mm-hmm. so you can put in the serial number into whatever gree online or whatever and mm-hmm. you can download that game for free mm-hmm. um i think it's a what do you call it a freemium game mm-hmm. i kind of i don't really like that name but that's what it's called a freemium game so it's free to download but then you pay for bits you know oh. in the game right so the a shop in uh in here in japan in sapporo actually they are refusing to stock this game because of this serial card in it Mm -hmm. because um they don't agree with you know how mobile gay and gree how they're making money Hmm. you know uh by you know having these free games and then you know charging people for it they don't they don't consider them games you know so it's it's essentially kind of like the same as like if you buy like if you get a free game on your iphone and they have like in-app purchasing it's kind of like that kind of yes exactly like that yeah or like whatever farmville or something right farmville on facebook they have like you you can buy seeds or whatever for real money league of legends or you know stuff like that too on the pc yeah stuff like that so yeah this this game shop is kind of like you know making a stand against these kind of things um because he doesn't want this kind of crap you know infecting his game stock or whatever i don't know (laughs) wow (laughs) i mean there are kind of um similar things that have happened in the west like you know people have uh had codes in games and what was the one recently in gamestop stopped stocking um dus x the new dus x game um because i had a code for like on live in it <laughs> and that and that and on, on live is in direct competition with gamestop or whatever so they had to like take them all out 
and <laughs> rip them up or whatever. And then, you know, something like that. It's kind of funny. So this is kind of like the Japanese way of version of that. <laughs> Guri. Interesting. We're going to talk about Guri a bit later on in the listener mail. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Guri and Mobage, which is short for mobile game. Yes. Um, are these kind of social networking sites that you can play games on. Mm-hmm. And they they also got games on the, the App Store and stuff as well. Right, right, right. But yeah, that is that. That's yes. from Minoru, breaking news. Boom. Boom. So that about wraps that, that about wraps up news. So let's move on to listener mail. Let's do it. As always, if you want to send us a question, uh, it's Famicast at NintendoWorldReport.com. Or you can drop by our forum, questions for the NWR Japan crew, and there should be a link in the article uh, connected to this episode. So last episode, we promised that uh, we would uh, give a prize to the best questions uh, that people sent in. And to be honest, I was very surprised with how many entries we got. I was pleasantly surprised. I was expecting, you know, a couple of one, couple of entries, and then you know we'd give one guy a prize or something. Yeah, and then we got, maybe we got a letter lo- from me, and letter from me to us. It just <laughs> says "great job" or so, or "bad job" or something. But... Yeah, I deleted that one. Oh but, damn, damn it! Okay. So we got we got loads of emails. Yeah. It was it was it was amazing. Um, so we unfortunately we can't read all of them. We had to choose just uh, the best two. So the following two guys will get prizes. Mm-hmm. Um, so send us an email, and uh, you can choose a prize of your choosing. <laughs> That's terrible grammar, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll work something out. I mean, we've got a lot of like cool stuff from TGS. Yes, that, you know, we could send your guys' way. So. Got some cool stuff. Uh, got some tote bags and uh, Resident Evil Revelation soundtracks. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. Still in the seal. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The first question, if you please, Dan. Sure. Uh, Stardust from the forums asks, So, I have a big question for the Famicast. In America, mobile gaming has gotten quite enormous. People are enchanted by the fact that they can buy an ongoing minigame, so to speak, for as cheap as one, $1. Just name a few like Angry Birds, Cut the Rope, and Fruit Ninja. Firstly, are these mobile games, maybe not the games I mentioned, but just mobile games like on a cell phone, like the iPhone, are these games as popular in Japan as they are in America? And if they are, do you think that it will also ruin, quote, ruin the handheld gaming as some people are led to believe, i.e. Iwata? Um, that was my <laughs> in, yeah, interjection. Um, and if they're really, if they're not really worth mentioning, mobile games, that is, why is that for Japan? Um, Danielle, thanks a lot. You know, thanks a lot uh, for reading this on the show. Great job, Famicast. Looking forward to the next episode, which is right now. Boom. <laughs> But uh, and then actually, right. Um, well, bef- before we go into that, so let's let's answer that. So the yes. the mobile games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, iPhone is getting quite popular in Japan. Oh yeah, especially and, yeah with with the iPhone four, and then now even like the four S. And the, the, I mean, there's like a lot of really good deals. And the, the, I think the iPhone two now they the, ah, okay. They there are two carriers that carry it here in Japan now, so it's kind of expanding. You know how many people can actually have access to it and have access to, you know, the app store. So right. you see more and more people 
you know, with iPhones. Yeah, my, my carrier, AU, has started doing iPhone yes. now, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there's also lots of phones which look suspiciously like iPhones. And then you look <laughs> a bit closer and it's got more buttons on. And you're like, wait a minute, that's, that's an Android phone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously these smaho, as it's called in Japanese, smartphones, they're incredibly popular. I mean, phones have always had games on in Japan for sure. way, way before we had them in the West. Like, mm -hmm. full-color games. I mean, the first phone I had in Japan, like, seven years ago, I was playing Bomberman in 3D, like cool. like an N64 game, on wow. my phone. Jeez, it, yeah. That I, was, I, like, 200 yen or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I remember, like, reading some kind of feature back in the day, I think on IGN or something. It was talking about, you know, mobile gaming in Japan. Just, like, back in 2000 one or something right. and they were talking about basically like hey you have nes versions of mega man on your cell phone that you could play if i mean want. <laughs> that, at, yeah at the time geez that's awesome i mean it's still be kind of awesome now but yeah. yeah well buttons are still better than uh, the touch screen for things like that god yeah but not much better <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so obviously yeah now these smartphones are taking off um the i, I don't know i mean this is a big topic at the moment, and you know, if you listen to a lot of podcasts like me, you're kind of a bit sick of this argument of like, you know, handheld gaming. Is it going to die? Is it going to be taken over by, you know, handhelds? You know, and in Japan, you know, maybe that question is even more difficult to answer because hmm. handhelds are very, very popular in Japan. That's like right. The 3DS and the, the, D, the DS and the yeah. PSP. Yeah. Um, but smartphones are also incredibly popular as well. And, you know, people take their phones with them all the time, right? So mm -hmm. you, when you're on the trains, um, more and more people are playing games on their smartphones instead of pulling out their DS or whatever. But that is not to say that people have stopped playing it on their DS. I oh, still yeah. see loads of DSs and PSPs oh, yeah. on the you, train. You'll def yeah, you definitely still see tons of PSPs, DSs, sometimes 3DSs out there too. It, it's, yeah, uh, that doesn't seem to be decreasing. Or yeah. if it is decreasing, it's not decreasing very much, at least to right now. Today, like on the way back from work today, I saw a guy playing Mario 3D Land nice. on the train. You know, nice. I got a street pass. <laughs> he didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so um, actually, we have a uh, Minoru has an answer for this as well. Mm -hmm. um, I asked Minoru if he wanted to contribute to any of these letters, and uh, he contributed to this question. So the spirit of Minoru is floating back into the room. <laughs> So Minoru says that, um, you know, obviously there's a big differentiation between social mobile games and smartphone games. So when he talks about smartphone games, he means like, you know, like Angry Birds and stuff, you know, stuff on the Android market as well. Um, but these games, they don't have any multiplayer elements to them. They're just basically, you know, just single player games that you play for a few minutes on the train, right? Mm -hmm. Then there are social mobile games where you don't technically need a smartphone. So you can play these on a social networking service like Guri or Mobage. Mm -hmm. um, so you can use it on the cell phone or you can use it on the browser. And these are kind of, these are social network games. So you're playing these, you know, like, you know, much like a Farmville game or whatever. Um, I don't know if Farmville is that popular in Japan, but there are games that are similar to that, you know, like, you know, Maple Story or whatever and mm -hmm. loads of other games like that that are incredibly popular. I mean, these these have tv advertisements like prime time mm -hmm. tv oh, advertising yeah. like the equivalent of like uh what is it the nfl super bowl you know that those kind of like tv spots you know they're taken yeah. up by gri you know yeah. it's like that big okay 
So, um, so these games are like MMORPGs, basically, and they're free to play, but then you pay tons and tons of money in microtransactions. And you get special items like by inviting friends, you know, you know, that's kind of like, you know, the gateway drug. And then you get your (laughs) friends addicted to crack as well. I mean, games as well. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, you're rewarded in the game for that. And Minoru said he didn't know how popular these social mobile games are in the US. As far as you can see, Gree and Mobage, these are hotter than iTunes uh, here in Japan. And I guess this is at least partly due to the social networking functions of them. You know, you know, you can play with your friends, basically. <laughs> so it's, it said, Minoru said it's quite difficult to estimate, you know, just how popular these are in comparison to um, those, uh, you know, traditional iTunes games, yeah. iTunes App Store games. Um, he personally has never played any of these games. <laughs> um, he's a portable guy. Uh, he just he says here that he you know he's had a Lynx, <laughs> he's had yes. everything. Cool. And but he still doesn't have a smartphone, and he doesn't play the social uh, mobile games. So yeah, he's he's got a 3ds as well. Um, so talking about the future of these portable gaming systems. Um, you know, lots of analysts say that these gaming machines are doomed to lose out to these cheap games. But Minoru says he's optimistic that they won't, and he hopes that these handheld games will, you know, stay at least in the short to mid run. Uh, me too. I'd like to say that as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I'd much rather play Mario 3D Land than you know some bullshit version that someone's programmed in their basement for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, and Minoru also says that he's, you know, his pre-odd is, is PS Vita as well. You know, obviously he's a huge handheld guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Much like, you know, Japanese, other Japanese people are, you know, um, the consoles are getting less and less popular and taken over by uh, handhelds, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's what Minoru has to say. <laughs> and we had a little bit of a, a follow-up. Uh, from Megabyte, um, which is Aaron from Staff, and he says uh, related to that, how did TGS feel this year? He said this. He th- he understood there was a very significant mobile presence there this year. I think we said that earlier, didn't we? Green, right. freaking right. huge. Yeah. So I mean, obviously they had that huge, huge booth, and uh, so I mean their presence <laughs> was kind of just looming over you as you were in that particular part of the exhibit hall. But I mean. You know, like James said, I didn't go in there because I was looking at Nintendo stuff primarily. Sure. Um, looking at girls holding circle pads. That too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, mobile games are not—they're not nothing new at TGS. They've always have like you know, there's several booths. Sure. Um, I mean, too. I mean, not—they they didn't just have just that too. I mean, they did have um, iOS stuff. They had Android stuff there too. I mean, obviously. Like I said, Gree was there was a hell of a lot more stuff about Gree than there was like Android or iOS stuff. Well, I think it's now that they've been combined. I mean, before you used to have like Square Enix Mobile or whatever, and then uh-huh. you know, whatever Mobile they they had a separate booth to their main booth. Uh-huh. You know, I, I I sometimes kind of pass through and I say like, oh, there's a Final Fantasy game, you know, which will never see the light of day in the West. <laughs> you know, like oh, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some amazing 3D sure. Final Fantasy game that. Is on a f- only for a phone, made for the phone. You know, not mm-hmm. not a smartphone. This is before smartphones, like a, just a Docomo uh, sure. phone. Sure, flip phone, yeah. Just yeah. a regular flip phone, yeah. 
and you know it's like yeah that's cool you know um but i've never been interested in buying them i mean i had a phone i have a phone that is you know capable of playing games well every phone in japan has you know can play games Uh and you can't get a a game that doesn't have a color screen and is capable of playing 3d games like everything can do that (laughs) i mean we're talking since 2004 here like i said you know i was playing 3d bomberman in 2004 on a phone which wasn't a smartphone and you know this is before you know touch screens or whatever mm-hmm. so you know and the ds was still popular back then you know mm-hmm. you know people i think people in japan have place for both mm-hmm. uh, i think to be honest i mean sure smartphones have taken you know a section of the ds and 3ds away but i don't think it'll go away at least in japan anyway right fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so thanks for that question, uh, Stardust. And if you send me a message on, on the forum, or forums could, or the email. Or even maybe we could send you something or whatever. We'll get a hold of you. You get a hold of us. We'll do that. and We'll get you some work, uh, work. prize. Yes. So the next question we have is from Mr. Dan Thill. You get a prize, Dan. Well done for writing this question. Yes. Greetings, Famicast. While we often discuss localization of Japanese games for Western audiences, I'm curious about localizing games in the other direction. Have you ever played any Western games in Japanese? If so, do they tend to have the same range of quality that we see? Do they tend to be subtitled or dubbed? Are they how are they perceived by the Japanese gaming public? An alternate related question: Why are some Japanese relate, uh, developed games initially created with Indi- English dialogue and Japanese subtitles, even for the Japanese market? I believe the Resident Evil, aka Biohazard series, is done this way. That is true. You never see a Western game sold to its own market in this way. Personally, I prefer subtitles and wouldn't mind it where they make sense say an assassin's creed game where the dialogue is in italian i love podcasts that give a wider view of the gaming world the rest of the world famicast is one of the best thanks for putting the time and effort to bring it to us you are welcome um so yes localization of so talking about biohazard um Mm -hmm. the biohazard revelations is going to be the first game to be in Japanese, which is <laughs> bizarre, right? <laughs> so, obviously, we're going to be getting the Japanese versions. I wonder if they're going to have dual language support in that, or are we going to yeah, be <laughs> playing the I, game in completely I'm not Japanese? Sure, because I remember playing when I played the demo at TGS. I mean, they had the English and Japanese Was that in English? there. Okay, but who knows if that's going to make it into the final retail version? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really aware of that because I've always got the American or European versions of of Resident Evil. Actually, yeah. Well, likewise, when well, when I got yeah, actually, yeah. actually I, I I did get Biohazard Five here, but okay. I, got, I got it for the PS3, and it, it, I guess on the disc they had the English version more or less, mm-hmm. just with the Biohazard title. So I mean, it, was, it had the English text and the English, you know, All language right. okay. too. But you know, it, so yeah, I was quite surprised, you know, when I got Mercenaries 3D, mm-hmm. that it was entirely in English with Japanese <laughs> subtitles. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even the menu is in English. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, I have I have bought an, a Western game in Japanese. Um, the it was Need for Speed Underground mm -hmm. uh, for the GameCube. Um, I got it because it was like ridiculously cheap. It was like 800 yen or something. Okay. And I, lo I love Need for Speed. I had it on the PC, Need for Speed Underground. I thought, oh, GameCube, you know, why not? You know, it's nice to have the to have a version here in Japan. And the localization was, it, there wasn't much of a localization. It was basically making katakana versions of all the menu options. Yeah. So, uh -huh. you know, when I said start, they just changed it to start though. You know, ah. option option you know it's like just just transliterating what it says in english into japanese to, not into japanese but into a japanese pronunciation of the english word so you know even like really technical things like about audio or brightness settings they just translated that into katakana so huh. i think that you know unless there's some you know those japanese people playing that game you know unless they were like proper hardcore you know, gamers who knew about all the English terminology. I think some people wouldn't understand what the hell that, that they're saying, you know, they, they couldn't understand it, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if people don't um, know what katakana is, it's just a way of writing out foreign words in Japanese pronunciation. So it's, you know, sometimes it doesn't make sense, you know, you're reading it, but it's like, what does that mean? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I also heard that the um, the the American football games are similar. There's absolutely no translation. Sometimes not at all. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, because I, I know for like, for example, to Call of Duty games, mm -hmm. um, when those come out here, they have usually two releases. They have the first release that's usually early on, and it's I think the menus and stuff like that. I believe they actually do those in Japanese, mm -hmm. but the voices are all in English, straight English. Um, and then maybe like a month or two later, they have a full Japanese version come out that has Japanese dialogue, Japanese text, Japanese everything. Um, Madden, I haven't bought Madden here in Japan. <laughs> I, I've I've, I've actually bought like Asian versions of Madden, but I mean that's a, that's a different, completely different story. Um, well, it it reminds me of something that Greg said when he bought like I think it was a Tiger Woods game, and it and it was uh, it was the European version, but. It was basically the American one because, like, you know, the the screen resolution or oh, whatever. Yeah. It was like right. it was basically just the American one, and huh. it just it just switches over to the European one if it's in a European Wii or whatever. <laughs> well, so you know, uh, you know, Western games that are popular in Japan. I mean, they're quite few and far between. Right. But you know, like, you know, let's say like a GTA game or something. There's no way they're going to translate all of that into Japanese. So. You know, like, I mean, dub it in Japanese, right? It's just going to be subtitles, you know, if that. Mm -hmm. But it, yeah, I, mean, I guess it, like the people buying this game, you know, they, they know what to expect. This is a Western game. They, they're they buying it before it because it's a sample of Western culture, right? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe even to test their English ability or whatever, right? So mm -hmm. I don't think they're expecting, you know, it all in kanji and completely, you know, turned into a Japanese version of the game. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. You know, especially for like a you know an American sports game like that, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Or I mean, you know, then I mean, you have like maybe like you said more complicated games like Grand Theft Auto Four, even like Red Dead Redemption. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have you know the subtitles and stuff like that. But like I said, I don't know if for some games like that that are so text heavy that mm -hmm. it's even worth it for them to you know hire you know voice actors to record everything and. You know what I mean? It's I just don't know if it's even if it's 
feasible to do something like that for some of those kind of games. Right. So, so Dan in the question says that he prefers subtitles, and I completely agree with him. I Me too. hate, I hate with a vengeance dubbing. Yeah. Because, um, if if people follow my tweets, then you know I often complain about Japanese TV. Mm-hmm. And how ridiculous and stupid it is. And one of my most pet peeves is just how much is dubbed on Japanese TV. I mean, it is ridiculous. Just like everything. I mean, just like the tiniest bits of interview clips or something, and they'll dub it over with some, you know, uh, ridiculous sounding Japanese guy who's trying to be funny or trying to be in the same style as the guy who's talking. And it, it just doesn't work. It just sounds stupid. <laughs> also, also, what they like to do a lot on Japanese TV too is add sound effects. Um, <laughs> like if you see like an animal jumping, all of a sudden there's they have sound effects are all over the place. It's like yeah. it's like animals make those sounds in Japan. I just never really noticed at the zoo or anything. <laughs> so, actually, that reminds me. There's a, there's a news program, like a morning news show, mm-hmm. that every time a news item comes up, it's the it's the sound of from Mario Kart Wii when you do a stunt, you know, mm-hmm. like ling I know because I've got one of those like little keychain things that makes that noise. Uh-huh. It's like every time the news thing comes up, I just like instantly th- thinking of Mario Kart Wii. It's just, <laughs> it's just stupid. I think they rip off so many video game sound effects on Japanese TV. It's incredible. That too, or sometimes like I was watching some show about mountains, and all of a sudden I heard the Lord of the Rings main yes. theme playing. I was like, how can they get away with this? <laughs> I'm sure they paid all the rights to the uh, you know to the movie company there, right? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no. There was, I, I swear, I watched this one show. There was like, they had the Matrix Revolution soundtrack, Indiana Jones, like Back to the Future, and Ghostbusters in the same TV show. Wow. It's like, did you pay all these royalties? I don't think so. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but, okay, that was a bit off, off track there, but <laughs> I hope we answered your question. Subtitles, good. Dubbing, bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, one one other. Uh, I was just thinking about this actually as a game I've actually played very recently for the N64, an American game released in Japan. It's WWF WrestleMania 2000 on the N64, and I happened across this game a couple of years ago, and I, I love the you know the N64 AKI wrestling games. So I was like, hey, awesome! I love this. I'll get it, and I got mm-hmm. it. And this is essentially just the english version there is absolutely <laughs> the, the only japanese in there is at the beginning you'll maybe maybe if you don't have a memory card in, into your uh, controller it says like hey please insert a memory card that is the only part of the entire <laughs> game that is in japanese menus are in complete english the character names i think you can't actually no i don't maybe you can't even write like kanji or you know hiragana katakana anything like that in there for your name it's, or whatever yeah it's just a straight up port like there aren't ever any, ever any Japanese games that go to the West and they just leave it in Japanese with a bit <laughs> yeah, of English subtitles, do they? I can't think of any. I can't think of any either. Like really Japanesey Japanese games that do. That'd be a mess. I mean, <laughs> I mean, even something like we talked about it previously, Catherine, which is mm-hmm. so Japanese, mm-hmm. and just like the way the game is programmed and the, the voices and everything is just so Japanese. But they did a complete translation of that game. Yeah. Like even down to like using the mobile phone and everything, they they changed everything. So I don't know. I guess we don't see it that much in the West, yeah. but in Japan, yeah, I don't know. People just get used to it. If it's a Western yeah. game, yep, it's bound to have a lot of English in it. You know, deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that uh, about wraps up the letter section, right, Dan? That's that's right. But we actually have one more 
bit of mail. Unfortunately, this <laughs> this hasn't this wasn't chosen for a prize. Oh god! I was I was kind of pushing for it, but I can't I, believe you're going to read this out. I kind of got voted out on this, <laughs> oh, but god. this I thought this was hilarious. Um, oh don't. Okay, this is from there was just an email address. Well, I won't say the whole email address. Mr. Shannon. Okay, yeah, that's right. Something. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> from Mr. Shannon. <laughs> Mr. Shannon writes, have either of you been to an onsen yet? Uh, for those of you that don't know, onsen in Japanese is kind of like a public bathhouse. Uh, very popular here in Japan. <laughs> They're all over the place, and everyone's completely naked. Um, it's usually segregated between men and women, but anyways, just in case you were wondering what an onsen is. So, have either of you been to an onsen? If so, how awkward was it for you to be around a bunch of naked old men? This... And if, in parentheses, this would have, would have had to be a culture shock. Also, did they stare at you to see if the white man is truly superior? <laughs> Mr. Shannon, thank you for your question. This is... <laughs> can, I take that, can I take back that thank you? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> thank you very much oh, for the God. question, Mr. Shannon. Um, I have been to an onsen, actually only two times. And that was when I first came to Japan back in 2006 on a very short trip with my uh, university. James, um, how about you, man? Have you? Yeah, I've been to plenty of onsens. Okay. But I'm not answering any of that question. Oh, well, okay. Well, you'd already answered one, so <laughs> we'll do or something. Um, <laughs> how awkward was it to be around a bunch of naked old men? Um, well, coming from a culture where normally, I guess, I was never in a position to be naked around strangers... I mean, considering that everyone else was perfectly comfortable, I just kind of was just like, why should I be, why should I feel weird? I'll just, you know, <laughs> this is a new experience, and what the hell, I'm just naked, and everyone's naked, and no one cares, so why not? Um, James? This is all yours, Dan. <laughs> oh, I mean, if you, if you want to interject I'm out. Anything, anything, I'm okay, out. That's fine. Um. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, yeah, there were actually there were some old dudes in there, and I, you know, actually, can I just say at the first part of this question, you said um, they're usually segregated, right? Yeah. Now everybody listening now is thinking, where are the onsens where it's <laughs> men and women shared, and how can I get there? Yeah, That's yeah. all they're thinking about. <laughs> usually, those ones, I don't know, they're, they're probably like kind of secluded or not so easy to find, or if they're if there are they're usually on there, the evening probably... news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or I mean, they're probably like couples or something. So you're not gonna be picking up a, a lady at this thing. You're not gonna have some single hottie probably there. If there's somebody that's single there, it's a woman. It's probably like an old lady. So if you're into that, I mean, hey, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think you know, actually, what was really awkward for me when I first went to one of these was, like I said, I went with my university. I was there with two of my professors. That was kind of awkward. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can we please finish this question now? So that was awkward. That wasn't anything about culture shock. That was just weird, being naked with your professors. Anyways. If, um, if this was a video podcast, you'd see me kind of like cutting my neck. Like, you know, <laughs> we're done, we're a, done. If this is a video con a video podcast, you'd see me completely naked right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. That's um, it. As part of the last question, I, I don't... No one was really taking a peek well if they were i didn't notice and i didn't care <laughs> <laughs> so. the people being you know caught to their way in handcuffs yeah so okay 
Yeah, Mr. Shannon, thank you. I thought that was hilarious. So you um, you don't you do not get a prize for that question. Let me just I, make that like I said, like abundantly I said, I was, clear. I, Unless Danny was, wants to send you his onsen towels or something. <laughs> we could arrange something. Um, <laughs> but if you ha ever have any other questions about um, anything j gaming related to Japan or anything just related about culture in Japan too, I mean, again, feel free to send us a message at uh, famicast at nintendoworldreport.com. Yes, indeedy. Okay, that about wraps it up, right? Yes. <clears throat> okay, so, yeah, before we go, just a few things to mention, like our Twitter handles. Danny? Yes, I am at DannyBiv on Twitter. I am at Famicomplicated. And uh, Minoru just actually made a account in English. He's got two. He has had one in Japanese originally. He's made one in English now. It's NWR underscore Minoru, which is M-I-N-O-R-U. So you can follow Minoru, and uh, he will be tweeting in English. Yes. And if you want to follow Matt Walker, our other Japan correspondent, he is at Gypsy Otoko, and, and that is G-Y-P-S-Y-O-T-O-K-O yeah, -O -O on Twitter. Okie doke. So, yeah, as always, check out the other NWR podcasts. Obviously, you, you listen to RFN, but check out Radio Trivia and Connectivity. And, uh, Dan, you're in the current episode of Con Connectivity, right? That's right, so give it a listen. And, yeah, and the Zelda concept. You're in the Zelda concept one, right? Yeah, so if you want to hear about five, that. so go listen to that. It's awesome. Yes. And, uh, as always, thanks to 8-Bit Weapon for our amazing theme tune. Yes. We actually had an email asking about that, like where they can get that song. Uh, if you go to 8-Bit Weapons website, they have it to download. Yes. It's, uh, I think it's just called Mario 2 Drum Theme or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like the Mario 2 character selection screen, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And don't forget about the second annual NWR Live Podcast Telethon for Child's Play. Coming up on the 19th, you can check out NWR for more information on that. Okay, so that's that's a family cast. Yeah. So, so as always. <laughs> so as always, thank you, Danny. Yes, thank you, James. And uh, that's family crew out. Out. Are you going to do the countdown? Did we do a countdown? No. Shit. That's okay. I because you you were doing the music with your mouth, <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote I wrote down the time on my recording when it was. Happening. Okay. We started recording generally around the same time, I guess. So I should. Uh, no, I think I was much later than you. I think my audio. No, because I I stopped because I was recording and then I stopped okay. and then you said, "Oh, I'm recording." So I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll start recording too." So. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hi, I'm James Charlton. I'm from the UK. I got an American away living in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible in all the wrong Spot ways. Spot on, right? <laughs>
spot on. In it, I'm sorry, in it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you Americans, you crazy. Yes. I'm so, sorry, James. countdown, five, four, three, two, one, clap. Boom, clap. I said clap. We're done. Okay, done. I'm your host, Jonathan Metz, and with me this week are James Jones. Hi. And Greg Leahy. Oh, hoy, hoy, everybody. And John Lendaman. Hey, thanks for having me, buddy. Got any craft dinner? They're not even a real country anyway. 